and welcome to another episode of Backseat Directors. I'm your host, Andre Hutchins, and uh, today's episode is episode 32, and even though we've had more actual downloadable episodes than just 32, this will be our 32nd movie review. So anytime that you see an episode number, that's just the number of movies that we have done so far. Um, But yeah, today's episode, uh, we took a small detour to actually our original plan. Almost every movie review we discuss on the podcast is with a current film from the current month. But today's movie review is on a film that debuted last month in August, and one I was just now able to see. The reasons for the decision will be made known very soon. But now let me introduce today's guest host. His name is Kevin, and he is the co-host and co-creator of the We Talk About Movies podcast. The other half of Kevin's podcast is his wife, Ruth. But unfortunately, she will not be joining us as she is out of town visiting family currently. I'm so happy to have Kevin on the podcast, and we both hope you enjoyed today's discussion. Yeah, so Ruth and I started our podcast um, a couple of months ago. Uh, we've got almost 20 episodes posted now, and you know we we didn't really have anything really exciting or or like any kind of a breakthrough. Oh, the movie podcasting world needs this, and we're gonna fill that that gap. Um, we just like watching movies, and we we wanted to talk about them. We were having these conversations not recorded already and really the way i convinced ruth to do it is i think this is just going to be a great um a great thing for our kids one day to be able to you know get older and grow up we've got two boys and and you know who knows maybe we'll have more kids eventually um be able to watch an older movie and then to hear what mom and dad had to say about it back when it came out or you know when they were younger um, so that's actually our podcast is really uh, we we hope anyone that listens to it loves it, but our podcast is is really for our kids. And um, uh, what I'm really excited about as our kids get older, our oldest is about 19, 20 months right now. Mm-hmm. As they start talking, we're we're gonna try to incorporate them and get them to participate in the podcast. And and uh, I think it's gonna be a really exciting and, and fun thing for our family. Yeah, no, I, I think that's an excellent idea. And I remember the first time that you told me your reasons on, on why you guys started the podcast. And I think it's great. I really do. I think, I, I, I'm, gosh, I, I I don't even know what it'd be like like if, if my parents had done something similar to where they had, you know, audio recordings from, you know, 30, 40 years ago, however long ago it would have been. Um, yeah, no, that, that's, I think that's great. I, I really do think it's cool. I, 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 you know, I've listened to a number of your guys' episodes, and I think you guys do a great job. Um, you, you specifically, and uh, and I think a lot of people peg you uh, about your particular um, movie critiquing. Uh, you're you're pretty um, staunch when it comes to uh, movie critiques, aren't you? I I am. I like a good story. I mean, our, our podcast focuses on the storytelling of movies and. I don't care who the director is, who the actor is. I want a good story. And if, you know, when, when I see plot holes, when I see things that aren't making sense or um, I don't see enough character development or things like that, I'll, I'll give a movie a bad rating. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not someone who goes into a movie um, trying to make, a, make excuses for why I liked it or why I enjoyed it. Um, I go in with a blank slate, either I liked it or I didn't. And, um, 
I am looking for holes, honestly, because this is, I mean, some somebody sat down, wrote this story, came up with, this is exactly how it's going to work. And if they didn't think of something that I can catch just on my first viewing of it, then they're not doing their job well enough. So I'm going to call it out. And yeah, <laughs> I would say I'm a, I'm a pretty, um, I don't know if I would say I'm overly critical, but I, I'm, I'm on the lookout for, did these guys do their job well? Yeah, no, and, and I think that's very fair just because everybody's movie movie experience and movie viewing experience will always be unique and different, and that's that's absolutely okay, and that's the way it should be. Um, I, I think just comparing, I guess, the way you view movies to the way that I view movies, I think I'm much more easily pleased <laughs> and uh, just, yeah, I guess, more, um, I guess, easygoing when it comes to certain things that I might not like. Um, and I think I'm trying to remember there was a movie, not the one that you and I, that when you invited me onto your podcast for, uh, that when we did Blade Runner, um, there was, oh, oh goodness. Um, uh, it was John Wick when you, when you, John Wick, yeah, yeah, when you had, um, Mikey and Genevieve, um, from the big screen breakdown podcast, when you guys had them on and you guys did both John Wick movies, uh, <laughs> I think you, um, I think a lot of the, uh, I just, I guess, uh, maybe the people listening or even Mike and Jen were pretty surprised. I think he, didn't you give John Wick like a three out of 10 or something like that? I think I did give it a three. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. If anyone listening to this wants to hear a good, uh, three on one, my wife and then Mikey and Genevieve all gang up against me and, and have different <laughs> opinions. You can go listen to that episode because I do not give John Wick um, much credit at all for being a good movie. And uh, a lot of people love it, including the uh, the other three people on that episode. So yeah, um, I think I have good reasons why I don't like it. I can see why other people like it, but it's not for me. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, you and I, we were actually, um, oh wait, Kevin, did we, did we give the name of your podcast? Did you say that? I can't remember if you gave the name of your podcast. I may, may not. It's, we talk about movies. Very, very simple. Okay. And and I'll give you a chance at the end of the podcast to give your plug on how people can find the podcast and follow you guys on social media. Um, so you and I, we were actually going to review, um, not the movie that we're going to discuss today, but a different movie. We were actually <laughs> planning on seeing the new Darren Aronofsky movie, Mother. So we were, we we were, and I just kind of wanted to take a second to actually talk about this, just because. Um, so it was, I think it was Friday night. Um, Friday night, or maybe it was Thursday night. I can't remember. It was Thursday or Friday night this week, and uh, I, my wife, she's been falling asleep before me, like. So I, I used to fall asleep before my wife pretty easily, like in our first year of marriage. Okay. Um, like I'd just be out and she would be up and like, why did you fall asleep so fast? Um, but now it's kind of reversed. So ever since we moved and we're in our new house, um, I, she always falls asleep before me. And so same story. I was up late. And uh, so I was just reading reviews on mother cause it had come out that Thursday night. And, uh, and the stuff I started reading was was just jarring. Uh, and um, I, I don't want to really give anything away for anyone who's listening that might want to go see the movie. Um, but there was just content that I read about the movie that was so absolutely shocking. 
that's just some some of the scenes that I read that were portrayed in the movie. Um, I just I, I could not wrap my or wrap my mind around it, and and ultimately ultimately I emailed you like around one in the morning, and I'm like, hey Kevin, I don't know if I want to go see this movie just because I think I'll hate it. I think I'll hate it, and I don't know if I want to do a podcast on a movie that I honestly am going to go into probably hating already. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, so I want to know like when I sent you. I think you you read that that clip online on Twitter you know, that kind of had yeah. that review. So like when you started kind of finding out about what the movie's about and things like that and content, what what were you thinking after that? Because you were totally willing to go see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll see almost anything, and um, so this will kind of get into a little bit more about me. Um, I'm lifelong. I've been a Catholic my whole life. And um, the one movie, if you ask me to watch it, I would not watch is The Exorcist. I have seen bits and pieces of that movie. It terrifies me. Um, it's you know just part of who I am and how I grew up religiously. Um, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, I also really don't have any interest in gory movies. Like I've never seen any Saw movies. I don't want to see that. Um, and part of what I read about mother was there's some aspect of that. It's not like saw completely. It's not just torture through the whole movie or anything, but uh, there was some element of it and I just have no interest in seeing that. So, um, I imagine if I had seen that movie, which I would have been open to seeing, um, I'm sure I wouldn't have liked it for that reason. And I've, I've heard that um, just some of the themes and topics that they talk about are particularly offensive to Christians. Um, one, one article said, in particular, Catholics. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what it is because I haven't seen the movie, but um, it didn't sound like something that would be a whole lot of fun to watch and then much fun to talk about on this podcast either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Oh gosh, and and I think I think that's a totally fair um, judgment of the movie, even without seeing it and determining whether or not you do want to see it. Um, like, and and I think I'm along your lines as well. There, I'm pretty open to seeing almost any movie. There, there are some things in movies that I will draw a line at, and just say, look, I'm I'm just not interested in seeing that. I'm not interested in having that in my mind, you know, um, like, yeah. yeah, I've never seen the Saw movies and I don't ever plan on seeing the Saw movies. It, that's just nothing about those genre movies interest me. And that's okay. Cause I know lots of people like those movies and more power to them. That's great. Yeah. But for me, on what I read about mother, um, it's content, some of the horrific violence and things that are depicted in the movie. I, I just, there, I just didn't want to see it. And, and, you know, we, people might, people might think, uh, you know, we're, we're pushovers or, you know, um, uh, whatever, whatever else they might think of us because we don't want to see that movie. But, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm actually glad we changed directions and I'm actually glad we're going to talk about the movie that we're going to talk about. Um, but before we do that, Kevin, let's do our first segment and you already know what's coming. It's our get to know you questions. All right, I can't wait. Now it's time for some get-to-know-you questions. 
All right, Kevin. So let's. I have been preparing my answers to these questions for months. Well, so and so when I was on your podcast, and uh, and I'll, I'll make sure that you know if any of the listeners want to go listen to that episode that I did with you and Ruth, um, th- that they can find that. Um, you kind of did a variation of these questions, and and I liked the questions that you did because they were actually they were super thought provoking. They really made me think. So hopefully these, even though it's kind of on the reverse. Um, you know, kind of got you thinking as well. So first question, Kevin, what is your desert island movie? Okay, so to me, if I were on a desert island, a the number one thing it has to be, it has to be a musical. Um, I love music. I couldn't live, you know, I, I'm assuming I don't have an MP3 player on this desert island, so the only music I'm going to get is going to come from the movie. So um, it's got to be a musical. I love music. And a movie I saw recently that I think actually fits really well, it has an island theme, um, I'm going to go with Moana. Oh, nice, man. That's yeah. great. So, uh, okay, so I, uh, I, guess, I guess kind of that, that Disney genre, those, those are considered musicals, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's talking, it's singing songs when – they they show up yeah. um yeah one of my favorite podcasts we really like musicals they've done an episode on moana um so i think yeah that's a musical i mean the bottom line is if i'm on a desert island all by myself i'm gonna need some music to stay sane and <laughs> a lot of the songs in moana i could sing to myself forever i mean they're it's a great great movie great music so um it's definitely not my favorite movie of all time, but that's not the question. No, not We're at all. Desert Island movie. Yep, that's, yep. that's my choice. I, I think that's an excellent answer, and and honestly, my so the the soundtrack to Moana, I think it is. I think it is a top five Disney soundtrack of all Disney movies. I think it's it, really good. It, it is it is top of the line. It is excellent. It's quality. No, that that's a great answer, man. That's excellent. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. No. All right, Kevin. Let's do question number two. What is your favorite? On the rare occasions that you and Ruth actually do get to go to the theater now, <laughs> having kids, um, when, when the kids <laughs> have a babysitter. Um, yeah. What is what is now, what is your favorite movie theater snack? So, when you talk about a movie theater snack, honestly, when we go to a movie, if we do go, it's typically like one of those where you eat dinner while you're at the movie. So, oh, nice. Okay. Um, uh, Is it like, like the Alamo over. Draft House or something like that? Similar. I mean, here in Dallas, which is where Ruth and I live, almost every movie theater at this point will has servers and they, they sell dinner while you're eating. Um, so that's just how movie theaters operate here, at least around where I live. Um, but if, if I'm... I'll answer this question more of if, if Ruth and I rented a movie and we're going to sit in our media room and watch and I want some candy um, or a movie snack, um, it's going to either be a box of Milk Duds or a box of Hot Tamales. <laughs> nice, I man. love those candies. I, like, I hate – I'll buy a box and it's a dollar. It's a dollar at the grocery store and like I can't help but buy it. And then I look at it, and it's like one serving is 400 calories, and there's three and a half servings in this box. And I'm like, I'm going to eat this whole box in this one sitting. It's like 1,400 calories. (laughs) I can't, but I can't stop myself. It's so good. 
Yeah, so, no, th- those are classic candies, man. Classic candies. Yeah, no, that's good. No, I, and I like. I think, yeah, that's absolutely acceptable. Especially, I mean, if you guys are having dinner most of the time, you guys go out to movies. Um, yeah, no, that's good, man. All right, question number three: What was the first movie that made you cry? So, I'm gonna tell you every movie that's made me cry because I'm pretty sure it's only two. I am not a crier. Um, the first movie that made me cry, and this is this is so weird. I know you're collecting like all the people and what the first movie that made them cry is, and oh yes, people are gonna see this one day and be like, "Who is this Kevin guy?" And, and <laughs> what? So, the first movie that made me cry was Field of Dreams. Oh yeah, the Kevin Costner movie. Yes. So. Yeah specifically the part now when i grew up for many years of my childhood i wanted to be a professional baseball player i loved baseball and i must have been eight nine ten somewhere in that age and the moment in that movie where like the doctor he goes and like turns into a young kid and is playing baseball and that was always his dream and then the little girl falls off the bench and starts choking and the doctor has to step off the stop playing baseball to come help her. And you know, the moment when he stepped out, he could never go back again. And for whatever reason, that made me cry. I like I went back and rewatched it a couple days ago to prepare for this, and I, I looked at it and I'm like, How did I cry at that? That's <laughs> that's absurd. <laughs> but it I I was so into baseball, I guess it made me cry. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay, so you said you had two. What's your second? So the next one, um, this is, Ruth and I rate movies 1 to 10, and I have three 10s, and this is one of them, and I cried like an absolute baby when I saw this movie, Um, and this is even before I had kids. It is Life is Beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The, The movie about the Italian family that goes to the concentration camps, and dad and son are there together, and he's convincing his son that this is a game and it's not actually the worst thing that could possibly happen to a human being. Um, oh my gosh. I watched that movie. Actually the first time I watched it, I didn't cry cause it was in a college class and there were a bunch of people around me and I wasn't going to cry there, but then I rented <laughs> it and I, I was crying uncontrollably for minutes at the end of that movie. So, um, that's, those are the two movies I can never remember crying at. No, that's good, man. I, I uh, so I'm quite the opposite. I cry, I cry more than my wife in movies. I'm unabashedly a baller when it comes to movies. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't even begin to count how many movies I've cried in. No, but those are good choices, man. Good choices. Okay, Kevin, do you have a favorite director and or actor? So I like how this question is worded because I'm going to answer very simply. No. And the reason I say that is, I mentioned before, uh, my whole thing about movies is the story. I don't care who directed it. I don't care who's acting in it. I I truly don't care. There's there's no person that, um, if, if they're in the movie or they directed the movie, it really doesn't matter to me either way. So... Um, I think I'm the first person to answer it this way, but my answer is no. Yeah, you are the first person to answer that way. 
<laughs> and I think uh, I, I think uh, y- y- it's going to be a very uncommon answer, but I, that's totally okay. And I, and you know when I and I think I've only mentioned this once or twice, maybe in a podcast, but. Uh, the number one thing that I look for in a movie is just like you. I look for a story. That's like the one thing that I look for. Um, but and not to reveal my answer because I'm not going to reveal it yet. But there is there is a director that I think is the best storyteller in in Hollywood. He might not be the best director, but uh, he's my favorite storyteller. But no, I, I think that's legit, man. No, good. No on both. Okay, Kevin. Last question: If you could change the ending of any movie. Which would it be, and how would you change it? So I'm going to give one quick answer and then one more detailed answer. Um, the Again, I want movies to make sense. And one movie that the ending just, just why, it doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, not that I really like this movie much, but Grease, when the car flies away at the very end. <laughs> why? Why on earth is the car flying? There's Cars don't fly in this movie. And then it just does. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, dude, that's funny, man. That's really good. So <laughs> that needs to change. But the other one is actually another movie I don't really like. But from a, uh, it's actually, if you want to hear the extended version, go listen to the podcast we talked about earlier. It's John Wick 2. So I know this is a somewhat recent movie. So this is your spoiler alert if you... Um, I want to fast forward a couple seconds, but um, at the end of John Wick 2, have you seen the movie? I have, yep. Okay, so he breaks the ultimate rule. Uh, he kills someone on continental grounds. Yep. Which... Um, That's like cardinal sin number one for that card- company. Yeah. yeah. And the when I saw it, I thought the reason he did it was his wife is dead, his puppy's dead, although he did get a new puppy, but... Um, he had, it seems his character has nothing to live for. And he, the only thing he was living for was this revenge. And so he, it seemed he made a decision. I am going to kill this guy, understanding that it will result in my death. And I don't care because killing him is literally the only thing that gives my life purpose. Right. That's how it should have ended. Instead, he said um, at the end, well, if you send it, if anyone comes after me, you tell them I'm going to kill them and I'll never die and whatever. And I just, there is, from what I can tell, there's no motivation there. That I, there's there's nothing driving him for survival from what I've seen in the in all two movies. So it should have ended with him um, him dying after he broke those rules. Yeah, I no, I I agree, man. Oh, dude. And so this is this is. <laughs> And not to not to steal any thunder away from your answers because I've I've really enjoyed every single answer that you've given. But uh, I guess another sneak peek at my answer. I I feel the same. I think there is, I think there is, there are too many movies whose characters live when I feel like they shouldn't. And I think you're right. I really do. And and I get like yeah, John Wick has made a lot of money. A lot of people like him, so they're gonna make a third. Like it's all about. It's all about the dollar signs for the movie studios who who are making John Wick, and that's fine. That's yep. fine, you know. Um, but no, I I think I think you're right. I think that would have actually said more about the character John Wick than him now just survival of his own life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I not that I you know I don't really like the movies anyways, but 
the third movie once they make it because you know they will oh yeah it's gonna be so boring like (laughs) it's gonna be people trying to kill him just because there's probably some money for him you know whoever kills him gets money and he's just trying to protect himself because he'd rather live than die like that's not an interesting story at all yeah that's what they set up yeah and it's too bad i feel like any movie that has a sequel, it ends up being a trilogy. It's like nowadays, like if there's going to be more than one movie, they have to make three. Whatever happened yeah. to the days of just having, you know, maybe two, you have a sequel and that's it. <laughs> I think it, I would have actually given John Wick two maybe a passing grade. Um, if they had, if he had died at the end of it, but, yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately such okay. is life. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, hey, those are excellent answers, Kevin. Okay, Kevin, let's go ahead and uh, uh, just announce this week's movie and the movie we will be reviewing. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. So this week's movie is... Okay, and this is a heads up. So this this movie, it's not a September movie. It came out in August. And so even though the, you know we're doing the review kind of late... I'm still really happy we saw this movie. So the movie Kevin and I will be reviewing today is Wind River. Movie details. Wind River is a mystery crime drama that tells the story of a veteran tracker with the Wyoming Fish and Wildlife Service who stumbles upon the lifeless body of an 18-year-old Native American woman. Corey helps the lone FBI agent, Jane Banner, to traverse the Wyoming wilderness and to investigate the murder. Corey also uses the case as a means of seeking redemption for an earlier act of irresponsibility, which ended in tragedy. Wind River was released on August 18, 2017, and it has a running time of 1 hour and 47 minutes. It is rated R for strong violence, a rape, disturbing images, and language. So, um, obviously, parents, this is not a movie for kids. Um, You know, the R rating suggests that already. Um, So the the scene that's probably going to be the most uh, hard to watch uh, for viewers of the movie, um, especially if you're sensitive to, to these kind of situations, is the rape scene. Um, the scene lasts maybe 30 seconds. Um, it's not, um, uh, what's, what's the way to describe it? It's not very graphic, but it, it, it is, it is hard to watch still. So that's just a heads up for those who might be, you know, sensitive to those kind of situations. Uh, Wind River stars Jeremy Renner as Corey Lambert, Elizabeth Olsen as Jane Banner, Graham Greene as Tribal Police Chief Ben. And Kelsey uh, Asbill as Natalie. Also, John Bernthal has a small role as Matt. So Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen—they've actually played together in other movies, uh, specifically the Marvel Avenger movies. But with Wind River, they have starring roles, and I am so happy that these two were casted together. I think they have incredible chemistry as actors, and I would not mind seeing them again in other movies together. Wind River was written and directed by Taylor Sheridan. And Sheridan has directed only one other feature-length film called Vile. It's a horror film that was released in 2011. Uh, but Sheridan has also written the 2016 film Hell or High Water, starring Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges. The film score for Wind River 
and was composed by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis. Other known film scores from these two have been Hell or High Water, Lawless, and The Assassination of Jesse James. Um, we do, uh, Kev, so Kevin and I, we do discuss the film score and I, <laughs> a couple of the things that we actually discuss are some of the critiques, but I think actually overall, this was a fairly good, uh, film score. So for those of you who are interested, I definitely recommend going and listening to it. Uh, so Wind River, it, this is an independent film, independently financed, and the production budget was an estimated $11 million. It's very low for, you know, modern day movies. Uh, just to give you perspective, um, Guardians of the Galaxy costs like over $200 million to produce. So $11 million, that's, that's, these are pennies for uh, movie studios. Um, so the opening weekend, or sorry, the, the worldwide box office totals has, has grossed over $33 million, so earning three times its production budget. This is just proof that it does not take a lot of money to make a great movie. This movie has solidified itself as one of the very best independent films of 2017. Okay, listeners, now let's get on with this review with Kevin. Backseat Directors Movie Review. All right, Kevin, let's go ahead and jump into our movie review. Um, so this being a, a movie that's almost a month old now, I think it may it might be over a month old. Um, it, were you planning on seeing this movie, or was anything about this movie was interested you into go seeing it other than you were going to do the podcast with me? Tell me about, I guess, the buildup or the lead-up to this movie. I was not aware of this movie until you emailed me and said, I don't want to do Mother, let's figure something else out. So I started looking and saw a preview, thought it looked like it could be good. Um, but no, other than that, I w- this is not like a movie I was really anticipating or had been wanting to see. Yeah, so, and I just, I, I guess I've already answered my own question because I was going to ask you was anything about seeing Jeremy Renner or Elizabeth Olsen in the movie like, hey, intriguing? Uh, because I know you like, you like, you know, some of the comic book movies, and obviously Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen have been starring in more of the Marvel Avenger movies. Yeah, I mean, I, it's neat that they are, um, and there is also the Punisher from the Netflix series in it as well. Yeah, yeah, John Bernthal. Um, yeah. So, but honestly, like if there's anything that draws me to a Jeremy Renner movie, um, it's The Hurt Locker is one of my favorite movies. Um, it's up there. So I thought his performance there was incredible. Um, so anytime I do see Jeremy Renner in a movie, um, I do kind of think back to how much I like that movie and go in with maybe a little bit higher expectations. But um, no, again, don't really care who's in the movie. Yeah. So, okay. So, and, and you and I both just watched it recently, just this weekend. So tell me, tell me what was your initial impression of the movie after you saw it? So my initial impression, and I'm going to try to be careful. When we talk about movies, my podcast, we're a spoiler podcast. I know yours is not. So I got to try to get in that mindset. Um, when I left, when I got done with the movie, I thought that was a fine story. Um, and that was pretty much it. Like, uh, to be perfectly honest, I watched it two nights ago and I'm having trouble remembering a lot about it because it really didn't impact me very much. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. So, okay. So my, I, my first take of the movie, um, I, I actually really enjoyed the movie and I, some things sometimes uh, and not just sometimes this is most of the times uh, anytime I see a movie 
more often than not, I usually find myself comparing it to another movie that might be similar to it. Okay. And and so I after I I got done seeing the movie, I I sat there just for a second trying to think about what other movie out there have I seen that's like this movie? And I, and I can't recall even right now. I, I can't really think about, I, you know, I think I saw someone online say Fargo, but Fargo, Fargo had, have you seen Fargo? I have not. Okay. So Fargo is similar in, in, in that it is a crime mystery type movie, but there is a lot of comedy in the movie. Uh, it's a lot of dry, kind of that dry humor. Um, yeah. But um, it it's it, it just it's not the same type of movie as Wind River. And no, so, there's no comedy in Wind River. No, that's no, for sure. No, not at all. Not at all. It's it, it it will you know there's a lot of things in uh, storylines in the movie you know that are meant to be emotional. Um, you know, and and I think the the characters or the actors do a good job of portraying that. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I thought it was a good original story. Um, even though it said in the movie, I I don't know if you caught this in the very beginning, it said based on true events, I've spent some time to try, trying to look up what the story is actually based on, but I haven't been able to find anything. I I don't know if you, if you tried to, I didn't look anything up and there's a, there's a statistic at the very end of the movie, um, I don't know if you would consider, I don't think it's a spoiler. It doesn't spoil anything about the story, but it just talks about how there's not good, you know, data or numbers tracking the uh, missing persons specifically for female Native Americans. Um, For some reason that those numbers are not captured. Um, So it seems like maybe it was just kind of a, here's what might happen to a, a female Native American uh, just based on kind of those numbers and, and, and other things. Yeah. And that makes sense. Um, and I'll probably spend some more time, you know, just in the, this coming week to find out what else I can find out about the movie. Um, but yeah, no, my, my first take on the movie is I honestly think, so I I've seen probably 30 movies this year, I think. Um, and it's one of my favorites that I've seen this year. Wow. So, so yeah, yeah, I, I, um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I like, I like the genre of movie. I like, uh, you know, kind of those, uh, I guess crime dramas and adding the element of mystery to it as well. Um, you know, cause you get to, it, it's as if you get to experience, um, the investigation with the characters themselves, you know, so you're wondering the whole time while they're wondering and trying to put together the pieces, but no, I, I like the movie. Okay. So let's, uh, without being too spoiler and 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 so kevin i'll i'll give you um i'll give you the the opportunity if you'd like to include some spoilers um let's let's do some i'll i'll let you do some minor spoilers but definitely make sure that you know you give a a spoiler warning before you give any because uh i definitely want you to have your voice on giving your critiques of this movie um so yeah let's go ahead and do that first and then we'll go into our highlights so tell me what your critiques are the things that you did not like about this movie Okay, so the first thing when I look back on this movie is a big piece of, of storytelling that I love and I, I'm, I'm always looking for in a good story is character development. I mean, most people look for that as well. And I saw the movie and I am racking my brain looking back and I don't think there's a single character in the entire movie that develops at all. 
the character you meet, the, f- the first time any character shows up on screen, and at the end of the movie, it's the same character. They have the same beliefs. They have the same thought process. I didn't see any growth from any character at all. Um, I mean, there's maybe minor things you could try to come up with for, like, Elizabeth Olsen's character, but I didn't see any character development. So that was um, kind of a big negative for me. I don't know. I, I Maybe I missed something. Did you see character development, Andre? So uh, the, the only one that you really feel at least for me that i felt like i i really got to know was jeremy renner's character um so that that would be Corey. so i felt like i got to know him in in deeper ways than any of the other characters just because you get glimpses of what he's gone through and what his his current life is like right now uh just through the progression of the story so I, I'm glad that the, that they didn't go into real detail about, you know, about him specifically, um, just because I think they leave a lot of that open to the imagination and your own interpretation of the movie. So, for example, um, and I guess this could be a spoiler, so I will give a, a spoiler warning. This would be a minor spoiler. So Corey, Corey is divorced from his Native American, uh, I guess, ex-wife now, um, which is why he has a very strong... Uh, tie in relationship to the rest of the Native Americans on the Indian reservation, you know, to, uh, to the point to where he, he identifies with them. Right. You know, he, right. he says we a lot and he gets called out on saying, what do you mean? We, you know, you're, you're, you're as white as can be. Um, right. but, uh, what I get from his relationship is that he still loves his wife and it never says that it never gives the opportunity to say that. But those are things that I was able to kind of, um, to come up with myself and I liked how it didn't explain everything. And so I liked how I see it gave me the opportunity to think about those things about, about him, about his relationship with his ex-wife, about what happened. Why did they get divorced? Cause it never says why they get divorced. You know, there are things that happen to them and to their children, but in your, I guess you're kind of maybe led to believe this is maybe why, but it never says outright. And so I like that. Um, and okay. and and I you're right. There is no growth for the character. If like if if he was supposed to progress from A to B um, in the movie, there is no growth. He is who he is, and he stays that same person from the opening scene to the end. And exactly, and yes, he does absolutely. But there's there's a line in the movie in the conversation that he has is that his ex wife. Very small conversation. And and this is why I think his character wasn't necessarily meant to experience growth is because he's just he is who he is. And that's what you were going to get in the movie. She tells him what he is doing and helping in the investigation is not going to help him in his current struggle that he is having. Do you remember that? Right. I do. Yeah. And and that's and that turns out to be true. You know, so his wife Mm -hmm. is able to predict, you know, look. Yeah, you can help you, you this you might think that this is going to help you, but it's not. And so and and that yeah, that really turns out to be true. So I it's absolutely true what you said. There is no specific growth for the character over the course of the movie, but I was okay with that. Okay. No, but I think that's good. Let's let's hear some more. Do you have any others? 
Um, the other big thing is, I guess I kind of disagree with you in that I was hoping. So, so there's an there's a situation that that is present throughout the whole movie, and it's it's unresolved. And there was an opportunity at the end to try to potentially get some clarity on what may have happened in that situation. Okay. And the question wasn't even asked, and that. I, part of me likes it because it just kind of shows you what we've talked about is this guy is not changing and he's not looking to solve his problem. Um, but I wanted to know and it it bothered me just as a viewer that that, that didn't happen. <laughs> that that mystery is going to stay a mystery. Yeah. 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 And, and I would expect that it would continue to stay a mystery. But I think his character would have wanted to have asked a question and he didn't. I, I assume I can't say what the question is because, uh, but I assume you know, Andre, yes. what I'm talking yep. about. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I was asking myself that same thing is why, like he goes to great lengths into it, helping with this investigation. Um, and it almost seems like he had given up on, you know, just what was going on with him in his own life. And, and yeah, I, I, I didn't like that. Um, just because it seemed like his character wasn't someone who gives up. Um, but maybe he had already come to the conclusion that just, it is what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't change. Not sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I thought it would have been in his character to ask the question. And, um, I think his character would have wanted to know, but, um, it didn't happen, and and that's that's fine for the director to make that choice, but uh, not something I really liked. Right. The only other thing I I really kind of noticed, um, I know you like to talk about the score of the movie a lot and the different music that happens throughout the movie. I, I was fine with the score, but there were some songs where there was just weird vocal, like singing within the the music as it was it was kind of like background vocals, but they're very distracting. And I I didn't like that about the music in the movie. Yeah, and I know which which scene you're talking about. At least I, I'm assuming it's the same scene that I'm thinking of. Um, but yeah, it, it's there's a scene where it, it almost sounds like someone is reading a poem to the music, and yeah. and I it distracted me because I I couldn't tell if it was the poem from from Corey's daughter, you know, because Corey's daughter oh, had, yeah, wrote right. a poem. And so I kept it, it was something that I I kept thinking about but I didn't want to think about it because it, I don't think it was it was necessary. I just wanted to watch the movie and yet it was taking my mind away from the movie. No, that's a good one. I, and I'm glad you brought that up. That wasn't something I was going to mention, but no, I I definitely felt distracted on some of those songs as well. Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, before I go over a couple of mine, did, did you have any others? Nope, that's it for me. Okay. So I I was hoping to learn I felt okay I felt like you we definitely got a view of what it's like uh, not on every Indian reservation in the US but specifically on this one um, so the Wind River is the name of the Indian reservation in Wyoming where all of these events are taking place um, I I wanted to know more about 
reservation and reservation life. I feel like you only got a sneak peek into some of the people's lives. And and again, maybe that's just the style of the movie and what our, we already kind of talked about, about leaving things up, uh, leaving things open to the imagination of the viewers. Um, right. But I, I, the whole movie takes place on the inner Indian reservation. Some of the main characters of the movie and those that you see most often um, are native Americans and I just felt like I, I that not enough was given to show, like, look, this is life on an Indian reservation right now. Yeah. And so I, I don't know if you felt that way, but I maybe it's because I really enjoyed kind of this sneak peek into life and lives that I am completely unfamiliar with, you know, and just a way of life. I mean, I grew up in Nevada, and there are um, a few Indian reservations that are close to where I grew up. Um, but nothing that I really, you know, got to know, no one that I, I, I never knew anyone who lived on an Indian reservation. Um, yeah. And so f- learning about this life in the movie was fascinating to me. And yet I felt like I was left wanting more and not enough was given. So that, that was one of the things that I, I just, I wish more was given. And so even though Corey, Jeremy Renner's character is the main character of the movie and you get to know him, he's not native American. You know, even right. though he spends a lot of his time with them and he identifies with them in their culture in many ways. Um, I just, I don't know. I just felt like there was an element of that that could have been explored more. So I, I agree. And specifically with, um, you know, this is a movie, it's a crime, you know, mystery about a, a dead girl. Uh, you know, that's not a spoiler. No, not at all. You don't even meet this girl before she dies. Um, and I felt like I would have been more connected to the movie if, you know, as he's trying to solve this mystery, you get a little like, oh, it's this girl and this is how uh, Corey, you know, is a, is familiar with her or whatever. But, but I wasn't as emotionally invested um, as I feel like I could have been if they had given me more of, of her backstory or what she was like when she was alive. I think to your point, it would have been a really good opportunity to build the audience's um, investment in the character while also showing um, some some snippets of what Native American life is like on the reservation. Absolutely. And that and you actually led right into my next critique. And this was the thing that I think bothered me the most. So, um, OK, so my wife did not come to this movie with me. I, I saw this movie alone. Uh, just because there are certain things um, that my wife is just not comfortable viewing. And, and uh, viewers already know this because I, w- I would have given this in the movie details already. But there is a rape scene. And so th- there, those kinds of things uh, in TV shows or movies, my wife, she just it, she's just not comfortable seeing stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, I, and, and I feel like it's not that I'm uncomfortable viewing those things. The way that I kind of view it, and, and I, my wife and I, we've talked about this, is that I feel like when you are witness to something that is horrific, absolutely horrific, like a rape, um, and even in, if you're just you know viewing it in a movie, if you're able to empathize and, and connect with what is happening, and and feel for the person who is experiencing this. I I feel like that there's almost a reverence of of honoring the horrendous trials that people go through in this life, right? Right. And so um, 
And I felt like there it was a disservice to the girl who whose murder they're trying to solve who went through this and you don't really know who she is. Yeah. And so, yeah, so just, I, I, and I'm glad you brought that up because that really does lead into this. In the, my, my biggest critique is that, uh, and I, I don't know how, I, I, I honestly don't know how, I guess maybe they could have done it better to help you get to know the girl who was killed. Um, but I just, you know, I mean, this is the one girls who you know they're trying to find out what happened to her and and you don't she's just a jane doe like that that's really what i felt like even though you do get to see her in bits and pieces of the movie very short small bits and pieces of the movie right um she just seems like a stranger and so i felt like the movie could have really helped you feel the pain and like i said kind of have that you know, at least for me, that sense of reverence of viewing, you know, something horrific that people go through by getting to know that character more. And you really don't. So, right. Yeah. And maybe that, that's yeah, I, a and, big reason why when I said I, the movie was over and I said, OK, that was a fine story. Um, it just it wasn't powerful to me because I didn't feel that emotional connection. Yeah. So those are my critiques. A- a- any other things before we go into our highlights? No, I think that's it. Okay, so let's let's do our highlights, and I'll go ahead and start in the uh, on the highlights, and then I'll let you uh, add yours in. So, um, so as much as I felt like there was a lack in the character development of the victim, um, I felt like I was able to connect with Jeremy Renner's character and Elizabeth Olsen's uh, character. I I actually really really liked both of them in this movie and I was impressed by both of their performances in this movie and um you know it's been a while since I've seen the Hurt Locker um I think I've seen Born Legacy more recently so that's the only Born movie that does not have Matt Damon in it um, right have you seen that one with Jeremy Renner I have once so I I was reminded in this movie that Jeremy Renner can carry a movie that he can really be a lead actor. And I, you know, just because I feel like he's been kind of just, uh, just, um, uh, just a side character. in so many of the movies he's been playing in recently, like the Avengers, you know, black Hawk or, uh, um, um, Hawkeye, Hawkeye, Hawkeye. It, gosh, I, I mean, he's just, he's in the background. He's always in the background. He is. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I get it. He's not Iron Man. He's not Captain America. Fine. um, and he's probably never going to get his own movie. I, I I don't know if that's been discussed or rumored. Have you heard anything about that? I, about- no, I'm I'm sure he's not. Yeah. Um, but but some things I I thought one of the best parts of Avengers: Age of Ultron was when they went to Hawkeye's house. Um, oh yeah, and you I, get to see his quiet life with his wife and yes, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, Jeremy Renner is is very talented and. and um, I agree that I think he did a, a nice job here, and um, there's uh, there's to me there's one scene that's the most powerful scene in the movie, and I think he does a really good job in that scene. Um, I, I'll get to that on my highlights. Okay, cool. So, um, and so in Elizabeth Olsen, I was again, you know, she plays she plays a, a Marvel superhero as well in the Avengers, um, and again, she's kind of one of those side characters you know, behind Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, etc. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, as much as I felt disconnected from from the victim um, in the movie, 
and other characters that I wish we had gone to know. I thought I thought I got to know Elizabeth Olsen's character really well. And and where I got to see that, um, it were, were in two parts. When she goes over to visit Corey in his home at night and Corey tells her his story, um, it affects her. And then at the end of the movie, when Corey goes to visit her and she she is going through everything that they were able to discover and find out about what happened to Natalie. And, and when she is processing that and realizing what Natalie went through and at what length she did to try to escape it, you know, I, and I, and she yeah. was able to, it, though all those things resonated with her and, and it connected with, and I felt like those two scenes helped me get to know who Elizabeth Olsen's character were. So those, I really like those two. Um, the other thing, I just, holy cow, man, I, I've been to Wyoming once <laughs> and I don't, I don't think it's a state I could ever live in. Um, you know, really? I, I, okay. I, you know, I've lived in Nevada. I've lived in Utah. These places seem to be very similar to Wyoming. Um, th- you know, I grew up with snow in Reno. I, there's lots of snow here in the winter in Utah, Um, you know, mountains are easily accessible, but Wyoming seems like a different place at many times in the movie. I kept asking myself, they're in Wyoming. Are you sure they're not in Alaska? This place seems way too remote and small to be Wyoming. And yet it it is Wyoming. And I think the main, the main city uh, was Lander. I think. I don't even know. Um, I, I, Wyoming has always been a fascinating state to me. I've never been there, but um, I, I will say when I've like looked it up and I've been interested in going there, the biggest city in the entire state of Wyoming, the population of it is smaller than my Dallas suburb. <laughs> like just the little suburb I'm in that's, that has other suburbs of the same size uh, on all different sides of it. The entire city, biggest city in the whole state is just that big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I guess what I'm getting at is that I I really enjoyed the cinematography of the movie. I thought they did a very good job of establishing the mood and just kind of just the ambience of the movie in that, oh, gosh, dude, I was in the movie theater and I was kind of wishing I brought a blanket with me. Like the, the entire movie is just covered in snow and – you know, and there are storms and it's windy and they're on snowmobiles and, you know, and when Elizabeth's Olsen character shows up, she, she is not prepared for the harsh conditions of, you know, I, I, I was about to say winter in Wyoming, but I actually think, think it takes place in the spring. So, yeah, yeah I think she said it's supposed to be spring. Yeah. So, I, you know, I would it's imagine not. it's probably April and yet it's still like, 20 to below and you know on some nights and things like that and so right you know i i thought i thought the movie was shot very well you get you get a very good feel of of what it's like to to live there and just its remoteness the quiet the stillness the cold you know i just i thought it was shot really well um those were the two things that really stuck out to me again i i enjoyed the story i thought it was a very well written movie um, again, one of my favorites from this year and, you know, for an, for an indie film that cost $11 million to make, you know, I, it just really goes to show that people can, can do a lot with very little, 
You know, when you see that some of the movies that came out this year had over $200 million production budgets right. and art awful movies, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, th- those are the things that stuck out to me the most things that I really enjoyed. Let's see, let's hear your highlights. So I think the, the thing I liked most about, um, Jeremy Renner's character, Corey is he's a, he seems like he's a really good dad and being a father myself, um, and understanding some of the hardships he's been through, um, it would have been easy for him to have given up on being a good dad and made excuses and, and said, look, my life has been really hard. I've gone through some stuff. It's too hard for me to be a great dad. But it, he really, from what I can tell in the movie, he is. And I love to see that. I love when movies portray a strong father figure and you know give audiences someone to look up to and maybe emulate uh, in their lives. So yeah, I really I, liked that. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, the other thing... There was a scene. It was between Corey and um, the girl who died. They're you know they're trying to solve this mystery. Um, that girl's father, and they have a conversation um, right when it's the first time Corey sees this this gentleman after he's learned his daughter is dead. So this gentleman knows Corey and knows his background, and they have a conversation, and it's. It's a very powerful conversation, and it um, would certainly be very powerful to anyone who's lost a child. I mean, Corey is comforting him because he's lost his daughter. And um, I will say, if anyone has um, experienced that tragedy in their life, I would 100% recommend that they even just watch that scene because that is really powerful, and I think it was done extremely well. Yeah, no, I and that so and as much as I like that scene, the one that I liked a lot as well is right before so when he shows up on the girl's um doorstep on the on her father's doorstep, you know, and he opens the door and no words no words are are said between them, but he just breaks down and you know, and falls into Corey's arms really. Like Yeah, yeah no that that's I, I gosh. I, again, I'm glad you brought that up as well because there definitely will be people in this, you know, that go see this movie that have probably gone through something, you know, that, not that they lost a child in this way, but that, you know, they have lost a child and, and there will be things that they see and relate to and things like that. And, and yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm with you. I think that was very well acted, very well written. And that scene specifically that you, that you brought up, I, no, I think that's great. Okay, any any other highlights that you want to bring up? No, I think that's all I've got. All right, so okay, one of the last things that we that I like to do um, before we go into our last segment is uh is if there is a certain message that you took away from the movie. Um, so I'll go ahead and give you mine, um, and and then let you have the last word before we move on to our last segment. Um, but the message, uh, on, the message that I took away, and I guess there are a few that I really. Um, just enjoyed about the movie. Um, but that, gosh, the, the history of the United States is not as, um, I guess it's just, it's not as sugar-coated as we'd like to think it is, or at least what was taught to us in history class growing up in school. 
and that there are lives and communities and even nations within our own country that we just are completely unaware of. And, and I think, you know, even though this is more of a side, I guess, a side story to the main story and that that is, you know, solving the murder, um, you know, and the investigation itself, but that I just, I, I was fascinated, absolutely fascinated with the life, um, you know, the, the lives of individuals on an Indian reservation and how, how they view themselves within the U S and how they view the U S and people, you know, U S citizens and things like that. And so I, I, I just, I don't know that that's one of the things that I'm going to probably think about and continue to think about in the up and coming days is just, yeah, just, uh, um, you know, there were people living on this land long before any of the European settlers came and those people are still here and not in as many numbers, um, but they're still here. And, uh, yeah. And this, this movie reminded me of that something that, you know, in my day-to-day life, you just never think about absolutely never think about. And so, um, all right. So Kevin, last word is yours. Yeah. So for me, the theme here, uh, you know, as a father is really just enjoy your kids while they're here. And, you know, ideally, uh, kids bury their parents, but you never know what's going to happen. And, and whether it's a murder or an accident or a disease or, or whatever it is, there are some parents that end up burying their children. And you have to, you know, it just it's a reminder to me to enjoy every moment I have with the, the children I have because um, one day they may not be around if, if tragedy strikes uh, my family. So that's just the main, you know, general thing is, you know, regardless of who who murdered her or or not, um, she's gone. And um, I just, you know, that's definitely a powerful message for me personally is just make sure I'm loving my kids, that they know how much um, that I love them. And, and um, if they were gone tomorrow, that I could be proud of what I've done and feel confident that I spent as much time with them as I possibly could. Well, and Kevin, you being a father, I think you have great insight to, uh, to that specific message yourself. And I think that's a great way to wrap up this review. So, um, Kevin, let's go ahead and move on to our very last segment. And that is our movie recommendation. Our recommendation. Okay, Kevin. So I know on your podcast, you and Ruth, you do ratings, uh, one out of 10, I believe. Um, we on, do. On my podcast, I do not do ratings, but I do do uh, recommendations on whether or not I think this movie is worth seeing in theaters. Um, and so I do either go see it, maybe wait, or no go. So, um, and Kevin, I'll, I'll give you the chance to also give your rating if you'd like to give a rating as well as your recommendation. So, Kevin. For Wind River, what is your backseat director's recommendation? Is it a go see it, like it's a must see in theaters? Um, is it a maybe wait, meaning you liked it, it's worth seeing, but you, you know you're not going to be sad if you miss it in theaters, or no go? So, my opinion of this movie is, I honestly it kind of depends on who you are. Um, if you're someone who has lost a child. I think it's probably a go see it as soon as you can. But if you're not, I honestly would call it um, a no go. 
because there was nothing about the story to me that was terribly interesting. I didn't see the character development. I wanted to see um, the actual mystery of who who done it was not really much of a mystery at all. It was pretty straightforward. Um, you know, it's not like they were really finding interesting clues or anything. It was just kind of, okay, all signs point to this and here we go. Um, so aside from the emotional aspect of losing a child, that's really the main benefit of this movie to me. So, um, if that's not something that you really feel like you need to see and, and immerse yourself in, then I would actually call it a no go. All right. Hey, that's fair enough. So do you want to give a rating or, or, uh, or do you want to pass on that? You want to give yeah, me a rating um, on the movie? Let's hear it. If if this were my podcast, I would probably give this one a four. And and to give you guys some background on my um, rating system, a fun, the average movie is a five, right? So it, we're not like a lot of people. Everyone's giving sevens and eights because that's kind of their average. Our average is really a five. Well, they they a, they do that probably based on on grading, like like yeah, uh, like a C is a seventy percent. Yeah, exactly. Um, for us, I think of a C as like a 50 or a 5 in our rating scale. And um, 5 also means would I see it again? And I, I don't have any need to see this movie again um, unless I found myself in a position where I had lost a child. I would probably see it. But um, outside of that, I, I, I don't plan to see it again. All right. Well, very fair. So I'm, I'm actually going to go on the opposite end of you, <laughs> uh, which, which Kevin, I honestly love. I just, I, I, I love that there is diversity within, you know, the movie reviewing community and just people's opinions on movie. You know, if everybody liked the same movie, uh, you know, that wouldn't be interesting at all. But so my recommendation, uh, on this podcast and on this movie review for wind river is a go see it. Um, I honestly think this is one of the best movies I've seen all year. I think is one is one of the most, um, uh, well done movies from from the performances from Jeremy Renner, uh, Elizabeth Olsen from the cinematography, and again just absolutely impressed by that this is just an eleven million dollar movie. I mean, absolutely impressed. Um, and so yeah, I think I think it is. I think it's well worth the price of admission. Um, and I'm glad I went to go see it. So uh, so we have we have a um, a depending on the situation a go see it. Um, from Kevin, but for him personally, a no go. And then for myself, I think it is a go see it. So Kevin, thanks for, thanks for hopping on the podcast, man. It's been yeah, fun. It was great. And, and let me say one more thing about your rating system that really makes it hard for me to rate is you and I also have very different opinions about the, um, the movie theater experience and whether that's a positive <laughs> or a negative thing. I have to say, when I saw this movie, I missed a lot of the first 10 to 15 minutes because people were crinkling their popcorn bags. They were opening, you know, different food items. It was so loud. Shoot, um, man. I had I, I had to call the my server because, like I said, they serve food here. I didn't buy any that night, but the theater forgot to turn the lights down. And so I'm sitting there and I hit my call button and I'm waiting like five minutes. When's the server going to come? I had to tell him, hey, can you turn the lights down? We're watching this movie in broad daylight. Um, So for me, a go see it in your system is so hard to get because 
it has to be a movie that I have got to see this moment to put up with the theater experience. Whereas I know your opinion is <laughs> the, the theater experience enhances it where it's a detractor for me. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think that's fair. I think uh, I'm thinking I'm going to have to go check out one of those theaters that you and Ruth go frequent. Um, yeah, because I, you know, I've never I've never had dinner served to me in a theater, at least not the theaters here. You know, we have we have a, um, a national chain called Cinemark, and you guys probably maybe have those around where yeah, you we guys do. are. Um, and then we have a local chain that's really nice called Megaplex. And so they only have theaters in Utah, and we go to Megaplex uh, most of the time, um, and and so, I, but they don't. They're not like a dinner. They serve, you know, they serve movie theater food, so you can get pizza, chicken wings, fries, stuff like that, you know. But they don't serve you food. Um, so yeah, so that, now that's really interesting. Definitely interesting. Yeah, my, I I just me personally, I love going to the movies, and I definitely see a lot more movies than the average person. And so, you know, I just figure, hey, you know, if, if someone's listening to this podcast that only goes to the theater maybe maybe once a month, you know, they probably want to know, hey, like, what's what's going to be good? And, you know, what's if I'm only going to go to the theater once a month, you know, what what should I go see? So, right. Um, but yeah, no, 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 I think that's good. I think that's good. I mean, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people that prefer just to see movies in their own home just because they can control the ambience, the, you know, the setting, the noise, the lights, all of it. Yeah, that's totally fair. Okay, so Kevin, let's go ahead in this way um, to, to let our listeners know how they can follow you and Ruth on social media if they want to get a hold of you and how to find your podcast if they want to listen. Yeah, our podcast is, like I said, we talk about movies. Uh, find it wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we are on Twitter, uh, which is really me on Twitter. Uh, we talk about M-O-V-I. We ran out of room for the last two letters. And then <laughs> We are on Facebook. We don't interact with a lot of people there, but it's we talk about movies on Facebook, uh, but Twitter is the best place. Yeah, very good. And the listeners, thank you so much for listening to today's review of Wind River. Kevin and I, we really hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode, and uh, make sure to stay up to date. Subscribe to the podcast. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, really anywhere that you find podcasts. Um, and so, yeah, so on behalf of Kevin from We Talk About Movies, this is Andre with Backseat Director signing out, and we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Director's theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. <laughs>